0: Hi and welcome to Chic West Podcast, a radio show that will help you not only claim your awareness around the concept of power, body, beauty, voice and the arts of your life, but truly embody it. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. You are here to widen your lens on the unfiltered and uncurated conversation we have in my SheQuest membership program. And best yet, you'll get real life, tangible tools to stay real and true to you. Each season, we will interview incredible, knowledgeable guests and You'll educate and uplift as we strive to live whole and not perfect. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest Podcast with Guest Series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. This series of podcast shows is titled Art That Awakens. This month we explore and dive deep in the world of art and creativity in general. Our theme for our last month of this F wild has <laughs> been, <laughs> been, I've titled it Awaken Self. And for me, that really means debunking self-growth and cliche saying like, awaken into your best self. What does it really mean to awaken? And how can I transform but at a soul level? So this month's shows are all about the transformational aspect of art and making art, which is often overlooked in our culture, uh, has as powerful transformation, healing agent. Um, so this month you're in for an artful treat as I bring artists from all kinds of background to speak to us of the necessity of self-expression and creativity and the health benefits in bringing forth with what's inside you out. My hope is this, that through our SheQuest guest this month, you start seeing that the necessity of self-expression and know with conviction that art can and does awaken. I'm so excited for today's guest. We've been going back and forth all fall. Christina Martin's in the house, and she is one powerhouse. She has won numerous awards and critical acclaim for her soaring vocals, masterful lyrics, and electric performance. I've been to one. I just love her so much. Her music blurs the line between pop, rock, and roots. It is both a cinematic grandeur and intimate refuge. Christina began recording her own music while slugging it out on Austin, Texas bar scene. She has been relentlessly recording and touring Canada and the UK and Europe, building connections at venues big and small, singing songs about loss, love and perseverance. Her songs have been featured in film and television, and she's performed at music festivals around the world. Hi, Christina. Hi, still.
1: I feel an awakening just hearing your voice and your <laughs> passion and enthusiasm. Thank you so much for having me and, and continuing to reach out and, and make this happen.
0: Stop it. I wanted you on here. So we have to tell the story (laughs) of the plane. But first, I always start the podcast with asking the same question. I just want to know what makes you feel alive today. Oh,
1: that's such a great question. And I don't think I would have answered it like this even a year ago. But today... Uh, What makes me feel alive is going on walks with my, my husband and my family, because that's how we connect. We only connect right now outside, and we've discovered in our area in Cumberland County, Nova Scotia, we've lived here for over a decade, my husband and I, and we didn't think there were any places to hike, and I feel... So silly saying that. Now we've <laughs> discovered all these wonderful trails that, you know, have been people have have um, you know hand hand carved uh, in our community here, and it's been it's just been really wonderful. And and then the other thing that helps me, I think, has been really wonderful during this time, especially at home, um, tree planting. So that's. No way. Yeah, well, we you know being in one place as a as a touring musician, you don't always you don't get that luxury um, so often. But this has been the year for that, and we have seven and a half acres, and we've kind of turned it into a little mission. When we have uh, new supporters on my Patreon, we plant a tree and name it after each new sign up, and we plant it over um, com- with the patrons and uh, trees, and then just some extras. We've planted over hundred saplings around our property, so we. I just love it and I'm learning a lot, I'm learning that tree planting, it's not as easy as I thought, keeping them alive (laughs) and well, but it's just, I don't know, it's just something that's kind of taken me outside of um, the, I guess my head space and in my career and, you know, what I was kind of fighting so feverishly for and now it's uh, chilled out a bit.
0: Oh, I'm getting like full body shivers, like just yes. listening yes. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed like you really like reconnected to your land and your home in a way. And I love that. Like it's, that's gonna happen to me too. Like just like the hikes and stuff and nature just around and what we have here at home, like that you weren't able to see that before and now like you see it, you know, and awaken to that.
1: Yeah. It's something to be grateful for. And we have to look for those things every day. We have to fight to remind ourselves to, I mean, this goes back to like when I used to watch Oprah it was the only show <laughs> I would watch after school. And I told yeah. when I was young and I was like, I'm not watching television, you know, I, but I'll, I'll make time for Oprah. And I remember she, she had this, like started this, this trend of like starting a gratitude journal. And I didn't tell anybody about it. Cause I, I guess at the time I was embarrassed, but it really makes a difference. <laughs> when you, when it really works. It changes your, you start to get in that pattern of, of really feeling that gratitude genuinely. I mean, it's like any habit that you need to form, it takes yeah. some time, but then you start, it just changes your chemistry, your brain. I don't friggin' know, but it, it helps. Yeah. I, I mean, go. it's a
0: practice and like, practice in loving with mm. like around you already you know um that's what I ask like always before my yoga class like it's like what's good today like mm. I mean, just like yeah. take a minute just like what's good today like because uh, like if not you just get sucked in
1: yeah totally <laughs> Yeah, You know what? And I want to get back to our last in-person meeting for sure. You have to tell that. But before we get to that, um, going back to, I was a nanny in Austin, Texas. Uh, my uh, I was 19 when I moved in with my first family. And it was such an incredible experience for me. I didn't really, I don't think I realized at the time. And I, I, it's on my mind now because my host father at the time, George Oswald, he passed away recently and they had a beautiful memorial service on zoom and I'd never been to one. And it was just so incredible to see the dedications and the memories and the family and how they just adored this man. But one thing I took from that family was every, every day we would have family dinner together and they really embraced me, like took me under their wing as like, you're in the family now, you know? And, and, uh, the first thing they would do. And we sat down to dinner with the, um, with the four uh, four kids and, and uh, Kim and George Oswald is that we'd go around the table after the prayer uh, they would do a prayer, and uh, that's not something I grew up with. Um, my family was not religious; um, in fact, quite the opposite. Uh, and 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 then the question was, uh, what was your favorite thing about the day? And it just kind of set the tone for the whole meal and. It was lovely, and then I started doing that later in, in my life when when I was a nanny with other families, and you know, we, yeah, we just never did that growing up.
0: Yeah, it's such a great practice. And by the way, like Oprah doesn't know, but she's like my best friend.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm sure she'd love to know.
0: You no, know, right? <laughs> one day, one day she'll be on this podcast. Um, I want so okay. I love all this, and I'm so sorry for your loss. And something that the conversation we have often on this podcast is about grief. And that's something like throughout this whole global pandemic, how just grief and, um, Like I don't want to say like celebrating, but in a way, like how it has changed from like just people can't gather anymore and can't you know connect in that in that way. Um, So I really appreciate you just sharing the story and how much it you know meant to you, connecting to grief and everything. But um, so thank you so much for sharing that story. Anytime. I mean, you know, um, exit and loss events are the biggest in our
1: lives, and I mean, since I was. I would say since, uh, since 19 and, and my, my experiencing my father's, um, uh, death at that age, um, that really, well, we'll get into that later, but that was a pivotal experience in my awakening. And, but, but mm-hmm. first the plane, I mean, oh my God,
0: <laughs> <laughs> People are, like, Hang, are they going to save the, the plane?
1: That's what's called the cliffhanger. We want to keep them listening. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I spoiled it. He died. So, you know, theres he didn't come back from that.
0: All right. So people, picture this. Okay. It is March 15, 2020. And I walk into this plane and I see this freaking gorgeous blonde human walking in the plane with me. And I'm just, look, I keep staring at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to think I have a huge crush on her, which I do, by the way. (laughs) And so we kept staring at each other. And I finally figured out like in my head, because I've seen you, you came to our little sweet cow bay hall and that was that was years ago i think it was like five six years ago and now i've so it's march 15th and everybody's like it's so like heightened awareness of like basically Mm -hmm. like everybody's coming back home like it's march 15th and everything goes on march 16th but and then i forget how we started talking or something but like seriously it was five minutes like I think it was five minutes, and we managed to like strike a conversation, start following each other on social media. Yes, we like, <laughs> yeah, we were like like BFFs. they we like, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did feel a kindred connection right away. I was like, I, I I can't exactly place it at the second. I know this. I know this woman, and she's powerful. She's got this energy, and you were just. Uh, I mean, you have a very magnetic field you have a very strong positive energy around you, and it and that was refreshing, you know, like that was refreshing after a long trip from Europe. You were coming from, was it India?
0: Yeah. So I mean, never mind magnetic. Like never mind. I just been back from India. (laughs) Yeah. Like
1: totally exhausted. I I bet. I mean,
0: well, I yeah, but I don't know about you, but I was so I was wired at the same Mm -hmm. time, like you know, when you're so tired but you can't really sleep. and it was just such a wild – you really made, like, this whole trip, like, just come alive. And uh, and so t- tell us what happened. Like, you, you had, a, like, a whole European tour, and you were just – you couldn't do it.
1: Well, yeah. We, we actually were very fortunate to get halfway through it. Um, okay. We, we were in Germany, and uh, we had to cancel the, the UK and the um, Polish uh, portions of that tour. So, what, 30 dates had to be canceled, and we had already done – about that. So yeah. um yeah, that was um you know, you're in sh- you I think a lot of people who <laughs> I think everybody was in shock, but you know, and as a business owner and I I really had to like let go of that what I perceived at the time could be a loss and and then immediately shift to you know, and this comes from I think a little bit of my upbringing. Well, this is going to be an up, an adventure and just go yeah. with it, you know. Like yeah. go with it. There's nothing you can do. Ultimate, you know, um, exercise and not, I guess, surrendering and not having control over, and then just being turning to gratitude again. It's going to bring us full circle. Another yeah. Oprah saying. Yeah, Oprah cliche. Um, just being grateful to be back. Um, in Canada and yeah. made it home safe. Almost yeah. at that point, and uh, and yeah. So but it was really yeah, wild like
0: <laughs> we were both on that plane and it was such a I, I never like I there was so many unknowns like I knew I was going to have to quarantine from my family and mm-hmm. that, and I knew you you knew like we all knew we were going to have to like spend these two weeks like basically yeah. like <laughs> after mm-hmm. like traveling the world and yeah. like it was so but anyways like I just I couldn't believe how much in that time like we were like like, yeah, so the connection yeah. was like, wow. And, and
1: remember, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but we were kind of advised not to wear masks. And I don't know if it's because they were saving yeah. them all for the healthcare workers, but yeah. I think there was this word going around that it wasn't going to do any good. And so I think on some part of our plane ride, we were wearing a mask and then we, you know, threw that out because it was g- gross for for the next flight. And then we were out of masks. And that's just how everybody, we just all were like, oh, okay, well, they're not going to do any good. So anyway, and that's the last time we saw each other. And here we are. Ah, I know. It's we made it. made it.
0: We made it. And I knew right there and then I was like, I need to have you on the podcast because you embody like everything that like, I just talk about, like converse all the time. Like power and body and beauty and voice Mm. um and the art and before we go into our subjects um the you know art that awakens I just and you started talking a a bit about it but I I'd love to know your story you know as a musician obviously Mm -hmm. and singer but like just like you know personally like where you grow up and at Chicos we call it my she story so um and you start talking a little about your dad, but like defining moment that like basically got you where you are today. And I know it's so loaded, um, but maybe oh. yeah, I'll it's interesting. You- oh, it's I mean, it's
1: interesting for everyone to figure that out. I think, and I didn't, I didn't want to think about it for so long, but you know, I've had time. I'm in my I'm in the, my forties now, and so I've uh, gone through the, um, you know, the times where I thought, well, should I, should I? I was just curious, you know, like how how did I end up like this? Why am I the way I am? And why do I struggle with certain things and and some things come easy? And I and think a lot of it does go back to your she quest and the first, you know, the earlier parts of your life. And uh growing up, I mean, it was clear in my family that art was something, you know, to admire. My My father, and both my parents really loved music and theater was important. We always went as a family to the Fredericton Playhouse. I grew up in New Brunswick. I was born in Florida and grew up in New Brunswick, um, Fredericton, and then Rothsay, and uh, later Grand Falls, New Brunswick, uh, before moving to Halifax uh, to go to university. Um, And uh, But when I was quite young... um, my, you know, my dad loved music, music, and he was an entrepreneur, not, not an artist per se, but he was very creative. I think, and and in, in that he had the ability to make something out of nothing. And um, he actually, he actually sold stamps. He sold collectibles to people around the world and ran a small business out of our home. and And my mother was a stay at home uh, mother until uh, when I was about eleven. Um, uh, you know, there was it was sort of a buildup, but my parents split. My dad actually disappeared, and he he left us. But it was at the time, it, it wasn't you know pitched as that. And and that was a, that was um, I'd say a, a crisis in our family for sure. And there were other things going on at the time that uh, weren't really talked about. Um, uh, my brother Stefan was struggling. He he moved out of the house, but he was struggling with addiction and mental illness. Uh, of course, undiagnosed, nobody talked about these things, and there was just definitely the division, the separation of our family, and my mother having to pick up the pieces and start anew. And you know, she took my brother, my uh, brother Alexander, and I uh, to Grand Falls, New Brunswick, and and uh, she did just that. She picked up the pieces and. And then there was just, uh, I guess, another six years of, um, you know, I, art wasn't, uh, music wasn't really a big part of our lives. And, and I, I think I was um, just very sort of depressed, but uh, focused on school and, and friendships and um, and became a bit of a jock and, and just really tried to do well at school. That's where I felt most comfortable and, and I like to make people laugh and um, participate in whatever I could at school, and that's where I felt best, I suppose. And um, we spent summers with my dad, and uh, he was in in hiding in trois uh, Quebec. So we weren't allowed to tell anybody where we were going. It was sort of this weird story where he told us there was a warrant for his arrest, which was I later found out was a lie. And uh, and yeah, and he just it was it was just a sort of a I didn't really understand, uh, I didn't understand a lot of things, I suppose, at the time in our family and our mm-hmm. relationships. And, 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 uh, and then when I graduated from high school, went to university and after my first year of university, my father uh, and I, we have had a bit of a falling out a few years before and I stopped going to visit him. And, uh, but he announced that he, uh, he told me he had, uh, was diagnosed with cancer and he had maybe four months to live and thought he would live for the rest, you know, like 10 years um, without treatment or anything. And, and it was four months and, and he passed away and we had a very complicated relationship, but I certainly idolized him growing up, but he was also um, my abuser at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't, that was something I definitely pushed away and only came to talk about with my family I'd say in the last decade. And it was, um, you know, very, very, well, it wasn't easy. It's, it's gotten easier to talk about, but all these things I think added to why did I turn to music and songwriting? And I ended up getting a job after my father died. I, I quit university because I was just, all I was doing was drinking and shopping. And I I knew, I knew, I knew, I did, I had this, always had this in me that I wanted to be healthy and strong. And so I knew I had to stop that cycle of nothingness and and self-destruction. And so I quit university and I moved to Austin, Texas. And that's where I got my first job as a nanny and lived with the Oswald family. And, and that was, I think, uh, um, the beginning of what I call, you know, heading on my path with heart and figuring out what that would be. That's that's a long story.
0: I could send to you just all day, Christina. For those of you who know me, know that I am obsessed with flowers, but also essential oils. I was flipping out so excited when I came aware of Lightwater Essential Oil Blend Company right here in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. The bottle is so pretty, and there's so many ways to use each blend from the energetics of chakra work, meditation, or daily uses in headache relief, deeper sleep support, or to tap into a creative space. There's so much to explore and a blend for everyone. My current faves are the Create and Power blend, but my house will definitely smell a winter woods during the holidays. Light Water is offering the Shequest community a whopping twenty percent discount on all regular price items. Go to Instagram or the website LightWaterEO.ca. That's LightWaterEO.ca, and use She at checkout for a twenty percent discount. Again, that's capital C H E to explore these blends yourself. Happy holidays. Because I've interviewed um a lot of women, I I often mm-hmm. find that their their story um like where there is, you know, pain and mm-hmm. trauma which you know, you've you've talked to us about like mm-hmm. just so much here that we could debunk and just yeah. make one podcast <laughs> with I know. I know. <laughs> and I, I love just how open you are. And I just I really appreciate that. And do you feel you're going to Texas like in a way I see that as like, your she quest in a way, yes. you know, that, that stem from, you know, the the pain that you were in and just like trying to you know, figure it out. And there's so much awareness, like like, to think you were like, oh my God, my first year in university, like I was a mess, you know, to think you were like, okay, (laughs) like this is like, I'm shopping, drinking, like this is obviously, you know, not a good habit. And then you were like, okay, I'm just going to go to Texas. And that it's them from that. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do.
1: Well, it's interesting because the first year, I I think, I mean, I, like a lot of people at that age, my first university was actually was a a total, I would say a total blast. And I remember actually, there was, I think now that the signs that, you know, there were disconnects between my family was that I largely ignored them. I mean, Mm. unless I needed them, I was so happy just being this other unconsciously living person that was just having a ton of fun. Yeah. And then after my brother died, it just, it, um, it brought up. So I was, I got, tried to continue living that type of life. Something, you know, changed in me though. And I was really depressed. I mean, I was, um, I, I was just, that's what it was. I mean, I, I cried every day. I hid it from everybody. I, I, I did get up, you know, it was like walking depression. I could get up and go to some of my classes and, but then I would go back and just nap and cry and, and then get out, go out in the evening and, or to shop, you know, and, and I was just miserable. And I think I recognized that I, I, you know, I, I think I, I went to my first counseling session at that point and, and I just knew this couldn't continue this way. And then, going to Austin or going anywhere, you know, ended up being Austin. I didn't go there because I knew it was a live music capital of the world. I, I learned that once I arrived. And mm-hmm. so it was, I, I kind of want to believe it was the universe helping me out a little. Like,
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. You didn't know. I love it.
1: And, and I mean, I, I knew I liked singing and my friends had, you know, encouraged me to sing and I had no songs of my own. I didn't play guitar. So that wasn't my ambition really going there. It was it was this, like, I need to get out of here, and I needed to get away from everybody and everything, and I needed time to myself alone, um, time to do maybe nothing, time to explore, time to take some art classes, time to go out and listen to live music. That was like a whole new thing, to hear somebody singing their story authentic story, like their own voice with just an acoustic guitar on stage right in front of me. I didn't grow up with that. And it just became this thing that I thought, oh, I really want to do that.
0: Like hold hold up, hold up. So mm, you yeah. have never, like, are you telling me that <laughs> mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. like you learned guitar in your twenties?
1: Yeah. I, I had taken piano as a kid and I remember um, you know, write, trying to write my own songs. And at a very young, like seven, eight, nine, and then quitting. And I never got to the point where I was singing or writing my own songs. And then fast forward to, you know, Austin, Texas, 1920. I bought an acoustic guitar after my first summer in Austin. Went to Germany as a nanny. I got another job there. And then in in that uh, job, I had some time. I was teaching myself acoustic guitar. Wow! Ah! i mean very basic stuff right but um and then spent that year writing my first songs and then went back to texas for another three and a half years after that um after that time in germany so i mean something happened in germany too where i again the universe helping me out a little i was just going out totally open trying new things you know but always trusting my gut trusting this intuition like i i want to go dancing i want to talk to that person Mm -hmm. i but I always was very, um, like eyes wide open, cautious. You know, I, I didn't want to be reckless. I just, I, but I wanted to try new things and have fun. And, and I, um, I feel like I picked friends that I felt safe with and, um, you know, I had, I had some good spider senses and I think that came from my upbringing too and my experience with my father and, um, so I I was you know felt I was I was um, protected and in good good company. But I met some producers at this club I used to go dancing in in Germany, and they happened to live in the little neighborhood in uh, Tita, Germany uh, where I was working, and just up the street, ridiculously coincidental, and they gave me my first kind of gig as a studio musician singing uh, their pop songs for them, and that was. I fell in love with that, you know, being in the studio and just singing. I didn't care that they were my songs at the time. And, and so that gave me a little more confidence to go back to Austin and, and, and try this singing thing. And, and maybe get up and do some open mics and whatnot.
0: Wow, just connecting the dots. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and I knew, and I think this kind of goes back to what you're getting at earlier with like, what, what, does, it, what does it do to a person when you start to live your authentic life and the healing, mm-hmm. the connection? I really do think it saved my life. Um, as soon as I decided I wanted to be a singer, and sing my own songs, I couldn't do those and work jobs to pay the bills. I couldn't do those things that were self-destructive. I couldn't, you know, I mean, at the time I was still drinking a little bit, but like, I couldn't do that very much. I couldn't get really into drugs. I was always, I had good people around me and I was always conscious that I didn't want to disappoint them. And also I was working with kids in a lot in Austin Mm -hmm. and, and in Germany over the years. And I, I didn't want them to pick up on any bad habits that I maybe, you know, I, I just, I did feel a sense of responsibility. Like I got to be healthy and strong, you know, and set a good example. I I don't, I don't want to have this old dark private life. And, and at the, simultaneously my brother was still struggling with addiction and I knew, you know, that really hurt not only him, but obviously, but it hurt me. And, so there was that on my mind too, like I need to – this is like this music and doing what I feel like I'm I'm meant to be doing and staying healthy. Like I need to keep striving for this. Like this matters. I don't know why, but I, I just got to keep trying for this, you know?
0: Ah, I just – I love it so much and it's like you've just followed your gut. It was like kind of like one gut feeling after the other Um. I, like, so you started waking to your self-expression really when you went to Texas.
1: I think so. Yeah. That
0: would have been. Is that definitely had to extrapolate yourself from, like, kind of your, you know, your family kind of nucleus and, um, like. Yeah. My family and my friends, and not because I didn't love them, but. No.
1: It was, I was very self-conscious. It's easier to perform and try new things, like. That are so vulnerable as songwriting, because yeah. I still write about my relationships and sort out that stuff in my songs. And at the time, I mean, i I hadn't written anything yet, and I had a a whole family history to delve into and and yeah. early, you know, relationships and
0: that had a lot of content
1: <laughs> I wasn't comfortable like the idea of sharing that with people yeah. that I grew up with or my family really scared 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 me. and so it was scary enough. State, I mean, talk about stage fright and nerves um, and excitement, but you know, no confidence and and uh, that I feel I had to get away to to really you know start putting myself out there and and trying these things, and then you know, I mean, I I think it's still that's still something that sometimes now we will go on on tours to work out. Gain confidence, work out the kinks, and and try material, and see what the response is before we you know play for the hometown crowd kind of thing. But
0: now I'm totally just curious. I'm taking yeah. you off a yeah, little, but uh, I think you're like that kind of person, anyways. Um, I uh, I'm curious how you start. Like, how does a song start for you? Like, mm-hmm. I know, and I told by the way, I totally get what you mean about like. It, I mean, it's probably not the same thing, but I think it's always easier for me to teach to strangers. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just kick myself sometimes, like I'm always nervous teaching mm-hmm. yoga before, like even to this day, I mean, maybe not as much, but sometimes I'll teach like to hundreds of people and I'm less nervous because nobody yeah. knows me. <laughs> yeah. And like, if I were to teach my like closest, like family members or even sometimes my closest students now that have, you know, come to mm-hmm. know me and it's such an interesting phenomenon. Also because I think I can like just say my old jokes and they'll they'll find it funny for Exactly. The first time. <laughs> I do like that about playing for new crowds.
1: The yeah. But I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that it might have something to do with and maybe I I, I can only say this for myself, like growing up, you know, and you're it just seems like your family is the most critical and, you know, growing up with two brothers, poking fun at everything you do when you think it's cool and then they, you know, make fun of you or, you know, maybe if you were bullied and, or you, but it was within your family and you kind of started to associate like these vulnerable moments or the, the chance to get up, like there, that's always on your mind that what if I made to feel like you know, my yeah. friends and family or people in the playground. But when you're when it's just completely new and you can walk away from it, new audience, new people, you can walk away, you never maybe have to see them again. Sometimes that doesn't come into play. I yeah. I I guess. So it is a psychological battle. And once you can get over that, yeah, there's more of I think of freedom and liberation. Um that I've only started to like I mean I get comfortable with, like, with my own mother being in the audience. I love it now. And she actually loves it. And we kind of make a, a a thing out of it. Sometimes I point her out, I try to, I try to pitch her off to some single guy in the audience. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I find that we got, you know, I found a way to connect with her. And sometimes even at our, my shows in ways that I can't, you know, when we're sitting down in front of the television set or having a meal. Um, so that's kind of neat. But you know, my first time she came to, actually I was in a cover band in high school and I just sang the English, uh, songs and uh, it was a French band called Head Rush. Anyway. Um, my mom, I didn't want her to come to the show. I wasn't comfortable with that. And my friend's mom snuck her in and I gave her the finger from the stage. I mean, what kind of, (laughs) (laughs) not very nice, I realized, but Uh, The point is I, I didn't, I knew that I wouldn't feel comfortable if I knew she was in the audience at that time, you know, when I was a teenager. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a vulnerable thing to like be up there. I feel that way with painting too. Like Mm it's, it's so hard to show a painting, you know, Mm. like it is so hard to, it's like, you're freaking naked in front of everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah, that. and I I always think like a painting is not done until you show it, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like a song is not done until you like you sing it to the audience. Like for me, that kind of like, can it kind of ends the the creative, you know, cycle, yeah. but um, and to take you on that path, I'm just really curious how, yeah. how songs come to you, like you've talked about, like, you know, kind of digging in and that, that kind of bank of your, you know, your memories or your past and whatnot. But I'm just curious how songs come to you. Like, is it like a vision or Mm. a whisper or like, I'm just really Uh. curious about about if you believe in like a muse or like, like what's up, Christina? Yeah. Okay. What's up?
1: Okay. So it's been about two decades now since I've been like learning how to song, right? And trying to be open at time op- more open at different times. So the answer to that question, it's not super simple, but it's it comes in all different forms. So yeah. a couple of years ago, for example, I have a, a new song that's called Stay With Me. And and the main melody and line in that song, it came as a vision in a in a dream. It was just so strong and powerful that enough, and this doesn't happen often for me, but it made me spend, obsess over it for the next day, come up with, you know, finish, fill out the song. And it, let's say it was an easy song to write. It's actually, it didn't, it did come like within a couple of days that the song was pretty much, um, you know, finished, the lyrics and the main melody and whatnot. No, we haven't, fully fully produced it yet. We have a demo for it years later. But um so that kind of little jewel gem came in a dream. And it in the dream oftentimes like even if I'm just writing songs, there's a like in my mind's eye, I'm picturing like uh, almost like watching a music video, you know, like mm-hmm. a rhythmics video or something. And um and that doesn't necessarily mean it ends up being the music video, but it it's like, uh, it helps me sometimes just, it's like daydreaming to finish a song sometimes. So I might have this jewel or gem of a melody or a line. I don't know what the song's even about. I may not know for years. I may not know for a decade It or it can change. Um, and other times it's it feels like, I won't say like uh, hard work, Because I kind of, my approach is I, especially now during this um, time where we're home so much, I've been able to have a routine and have my morning writing. I read, I I read about writers. I read writing exercises. I, I just write and um, it's not, most of it's totally boring and not usable, but it's just journal. It's really just writing in a journal Uh, object writing. I, playing with words, and then I I will go back in mine for like months, years later, for little bits that spark something. Sometimes the, the lyrics, the words, the combination sparks a melody or a rhythm. Sometimes a rhythm from a song, like a song that I like on the radio, or I don't know, a Tom Petty and Heartbreaker song or something, sparks an entirely different rhythm uh, and then a melody or an idea, and then off you go with that. Into what do I want to say? I like this line. Stay with me. What's this going to be about? And at the time, it could be about when somebody just stay with you in a relationship. And then two years later, it could be about wanting to save the planet.
0: You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I love that you say. I love, love, love that that you said. And off you go. Absolutely. I love that. Like, take it and like, off you go. Because like, I'm the yeah. same. Like, I'll look, like it's ridiculous. Like, I'll I'll see like a color, like just a color combo in like a magazine. I like rib that and off I go. You know, and I, I won't. Maybe I won't even use those colors, but it's like that spark yes. that like, like yeah. just everything. And then if I don't make it, it's like I I die a little inside. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and do you ever think sometimes like. I sometimes mourn the days where I wasn't open and didn't show up to sit and write or didn't sit around with my guitar for even five minutes. Like, I think people think some, one of the things that stops people from creating art and then, you know, experiencing its healing power is they think I don't have time. And honestly, I get it, but I, cause I also have the, those thoughts and it's kept me sometimes from from creating or just showing up to the page and or my guitar or piano and um but i can tell you the stuff you can accomplish in five minutes 10 minutes an hour like whatever you've got over time and it's so powerful it can it really adds up
0: it really does it really does that's what i've been t- that's what i teach like that it's like small daily acts of bravery like mm-hmm. five minutes day everybody has freaking five minutes like you can be (laughs) on the toilet and create something yeah put like some a pencil and paper next to the toilet bring
1: your phone in there (laughs) bring your phone in and your voice memos that's the other thing I mean I don't know if you use this for just collecting ideas even if it just comes to you and if you because if I don't go and write it down it will disappear and I'm like
0: what the happened what happened to that does that happen to you oh my god yes and like I'm so mad like I'm yeah. so mad and sometimes like I'll wake up like I'll just like my eyes are open and it's like 3 a.m that's happened to me repeatedly like yeah. three or something like, 3 30 a.m and I have like this great idea in my head and it's like a matter of like you're so tired and then mm-hmm. you're like can I just yeah <laughs> and then, up in the morning you're like oh, oh no it's gone or I tell myself
1: I'm gonna remember this how could I not it's such a great idea
0: a lot of my things come driving yes and uh and then like you know I can't stop I can't put it in the notes on the phone because I don't want to <sighs> use my phone when I'm driving and then, I know. And, then, and then I it's the most frustrating thing so it's like put it down. Um, I was just reading this book actually. And she was like, use post-its, yeah. you know? Um, and it's something that I, I've been doing, even for yoga class, like something like, I was like, Oh my God, this cue is just, so yeah. it's all write The cue down, you know? And there's like, you know, now I have like post-its like bit everywhere in my house, it seems, but that is such a great advice to just like, don't you know? Off you go. I think that's going to be yeah. the title of our podcast. Yeah, off you, go. off you go. I want to ask you this question. Yeah. Um, like, and it's such it's such an important question to me. It's a bit loaded, but I want you. I want to know why it's so important for you to make art.
1: Yeah, I mean, this ties deeply to my my health. I I really value, my, uh, you know, overall health, uh, mental and physical, which are one and the same. So the pursuit of art and living a creative life to me that represents like I value my health, my well-being, but it's also really really tied into the relationships and how highly I value all of my relationships, my my, of course, with my husband, you know, uh my family, which I think wasn't always we you know I think we were in many ways, very broken. Not to say we didn't have great times and love each other, but um, that's there's been shift in that, you know, especially after losing my brother Stefan to an overdose in uh, 2013, and um, and my working relationships, which I hold very precious. Like, um, I I want it all to be healthy. Art it just keeps me healthy and happy and I don't create art when I'm not healthy and happy. So yeah, it just makes sense to me. And I guess there's other, you know, in recent, I guess the last decade or so, but maybe, maybe even just the last five years, I realized that maybe I needed songs to find my own voice and to, I still need it to figure out what's important to me, dissect Mm -hmm. relationships, it really is like, I do feel so grateful for this opportunity to have a voice in this way, because I guess going back to being a little girl and knowing what it feels like to really be shut down by the people that you love the most, cherish the most, look up to, idolize, and just that all, just be feeling ultimately not believed or heard. That's such a crushing thing. And man what a sacred space for an artist to be able to have the time to say exactly what they need to want to say rewrite rewrite your story you know change evolve all in this space like and then to be able to present that and however it's perceived you know by others and absorbed is i guess you know i, I guess it, it, maybe it ties into that cliche of like everybody wants to be heard But for me, I just really love the act of like discovering. Oh, this resonates with me. This line, what I've just figured out how to say. You know, and so often we talk and we don't. Most of my life has been like blabbing, and then sometimes you hear yourself back, and you're like, Oh my goodness, that's not really my intention. Wow, you know, I, I, I didn't think about it before I said it. I didn't even know how I felt. So art is a way to figure out how we feel, and then. Mm -hmm share that with the world and I think that helps other people too, who maybe don't don't songwrite or or paint or or sculpt um, for whatever reasons, but it helps other people, you know, in their own, I guess, pursuit to figure out.
0: Hey, so in case you didn't know already, my name is Estelle and I'm a Quebec born, Nova Scotia living Yoga teacher, creative mentor, visual artist, author, and grief activist. You can visit my work and offerings at EstelleThompson.com. That's E-S-T-E-L-L-E-T-H-O-M-S-O-M dot com, and subscribe if you like you like this conversation and it's helping you it has an impact on your life please subscribe give SheQuest podcast a five-star review and you know the best thing you can do is just take it a screenshot as you're listening to it and post it on your Facebook or Instagram story and it just really helps me get some traction momentum and share with others um you know what you love, what you're listening to, and that's a, it, it's helping you because it might just help someone else. Thanks so much. Bye. Merci. Mm-hmm. You were talking, I was like, oh my goodness, like making music and like singing music helps you to be a better listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like almost the other way around. You know, if when you exercise your voice, you actually you know, begin to listen more, like, let's say you were talking about, like, dissecting relationships, mm-hmm. you know, like, really, like, how much art, like, and then that way, that's why it helps you, like, awaken and, mm. <laughs> like, rise out of that, and you were talking to us about, like, retelling your story, and, like, okay, this is not mine anymore, you know, and that that's what I love, too, about art, it's, like, almost you're just, like, a channel for, like, things to come in and out of you, and then, ah, there's so much, you're so kindred to me, Christina, like, <laughs> so like, no, but the whole time you're speaking, I'm like, I feel that way too, like, about, like, painting, and also, like, teaching yoga, how, like, you just become this, like, a channel, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, I just, and like the, just the privilege, like I always say, it's such a the privilege of a lifetime. Like to think your song is being played in a house at Christmas, you know. Like mm-hmm. to think like, or live with like your art. Like that when yeah. I think about people, like I just I, it makes me want to weep. Like to think <laughs> like a should be in somebody's home that they live with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like that for me. It's like wow, the privilege of that like, I can add like colors or expression or yeah, like just like put words to Mm -hmm. people. Like so many songs for me, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's what I I just didn't Mm -hmm. know I was feeling like that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what,
1: I mean, that's what music always did for me growing up. And I think we turned to it because we don't have the, we, you know, when I didn't write songs and I watched music videos and, and it made me, feel like sometimes I would imagine I was that, maybe that's narcissistic, but that that, that rock star or but singing those words that I was like I, I feel a connection here and, and I want to do that thing. It's so powerful um, and soothing. I mean the act of singing itself, uh, like doing yoga too. I'm sure it's like you're there's so much focus on the breath or not focused, no,
0: singing but. Yeah. Is yoga. Singing is like breathing. Singing is
1: yoga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's funny. I learned recently, I, I, I I'm, I'm a, uh, not shifting entirely the topic, but um, I'm digressing. Um, but I learned recently, I was reading a book by Jennifer Hamity, I believe. And it's, um, it's on performing and singing. And one thing she said that was so liberating was like, you know, we don't, have to think to breathe. So stop thinking about breathing when you're singing and just sing, like just, it, it'll it come like, I mean, you know, we do do have to practice and over time you get confidence and stronger, but, but, um, I think I was held back for a long time because I was so focused on thinking about how I was breathing and standing and all this. And, it, and it was just distracting. And then realizing that I had it in me to do that, It was just a little psychological glitch I had to get over and it's really helped in recent years. Um, But going back to growing up, I remember that just, you know, when I was struggling with anxiety and depression and singing was something that really soothed me. And I'd go into a corner and sing into the corner so I could hear and it would resonate. And it just, it was like a mantra, like just so, it was just so comforting, you know, As later on going to hear live music and not, you know, being in a corner listening to myself singing and, and, but hearing somebody else, you know, and being in the receiving end of that was a similar experience, but nothing beats. Yeah, like actually, I think for me, singing is probably the time when I'm probably, you know, breathing in the most healthy fashion, like other, you know, we hold our breath so often as we're sitting in front of the computer and, or just worrying about stuff. And I can't do that when I'm singing and doing a show, I have to be present. I have to be in that hour, you know, hour and a half, two hours. I have to be there with people and thinking about them and singing my heart out. And it's again, going back to, it's such a healthy healing, Being present, experience that. Yeah, just, you know, I've kind of, you grow addicted to that, I suppose. Yeah.
0: And I mean, having witnessed you, like, you are, oh, you are in your element where you are on stage. Like, you're just so, and with the audience, too. Like, I mean, I know the venue I saw you at, the Cabbie Hall, is like so small and like intimate, but, um, and just oh my goodness, your stories, and you're so you see, I peed my pants about like three times when I watched. It oh, I love making so people pee pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pee your pants. Okay, Off we I want to <laughs> switch gear a little bit, only because I love I love to get practical mm. on on the podcast because I feel a lot of times you know what I speak about is so kind of abstract and ethereal, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, I'd love to know, like, if somebody would come up to you, mm-hmm. uh, and be like, you know, I really want to start, you know, si- you know, writing my own songs, or I really want to start singing, or I just want, like, start a relationship with, you know, expressing myself, like, do yeah. you have, would you have any just like maybe things that you do that would just kind of, you know, we've we've been using that word spark, you know, that would like kind of nudge that for somebody that like feels that that that's completely dormant for them. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, for me, it was when Kim Oswald gave me The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron when I was 19. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) you see that that book connects with so many people. So that gave me I mean, uh, it's an incredible book. I haven't read it in a long, long time. But but, I can always go back to it. and uh, but it got me on the path of um, you know uh, of journaling, uh, morning pages, artist dates, um, making time for it, making new habits, getting a routine. I'm big on routine. not everybody is, and I'm not perfect. Uh, I, I have days where i I skip. you know, the point is you get back to it when you as soon as you can. Um, and it can take you years to figure out what's gonna work for you. so, but uh, read about other writers, uh, other artists that you admire. Get the artist's way. <laughs> I'd say start there. And set aside a time every day, first thing if you can. But any time is fine. But for me, it's, I, I set my alarm for 6.45, 7 a.m. now. And, and, you know, that's not, like, some people get up way earlier than that. Uh, parents, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I have a, a little bit of, uh, like, my time is is pretty much my own right now. And so, yeah, set aside that time and uh, start doing it. Like action has, it's such a so cliche, but action has such power. And for me, when I was starting with the songwriting, I, my first step was, apart from journaling and reading um, about other writers and the creative process, I bought a guitar. So buy an instrument, play around with that. You don't have to be any good. And then a year later, it was getting up and doing my first open mic and then doing a lot of them every week for beer and spaghetti, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or nothing. Mm -hmm. And it just step by step, you know, and I certainly didn't start out with career goals. It was just, and I often go back to that. What is it about this thing that you just loved and needed to do, Mm -hmm. you know, when the business gets overwhelming and I feel down about certain things that I maybe, were turned down for or whatever. I I just kind of go back to you love and need to songwrite. You're an artist at heart, so just get back to that, and and it'll be you know you'll you'll that's enough. That is enough. <laughs>
0: um, I love I love that. And there's something you said too. I want I just want to point out for a minute um, about feeling narcissistic sometimes. Mm. Like I and I know that feeling so well, but at the same time, like lately, it's really helped me like, even, like, not just in painting, but, like, in yoga, too, like, like, I keep asking myself, okay, why, why do I love posting pictures of myself in, like, a yoga pose, like, that's yeah. so, like, am I, like, just full of myself, and, um, and then it's, like, no, I just, I, I love, I actually love the process, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm doing that because I feel we, like, I love that you said that last thing, it's, like, when, you know, sometimes we veer off, like, things get super discouraging, and mm-hmm. we feel in the slump, and, like, we have to adjust to all these changes, like all the freaking time. Yeah. And, and then you just have to go back to okay, you know, but what do I love? Yeah. Like, I love doing this. And like, to remind yourself that no, like, I, I love doing that, you know, and I think that's where the narcissist comes, because it's like, oh, my God, because that's where that's where the spark stems as well. Like, just Keep doing what you love and keep that close to your soul. You yeah, know?
1: that's a bad habit of mine to bring that in. I suppose, like to say it out loud because I think, and maybe it's also as woman like growing up. You know, don't be too proud. Don't yes, don't flaunt but- this or that. I mean, we we ha- we. <laughs> that's a burden <sighs> we carry and we need to work on. But I mean if, if the arrhythmics had thought, well, I can't do that, it'd be narcissistic or, well, they would never have made the cool video that made me want to go. I mean, so we're also, you and I are, are, we're businesswomen and we have to promote our businesses. And we, in part of that is like, we're sharing what we do and what we love. And, and, um, so, I mean, in, it's it's not about narcissism obviously and and you know of course our egos are at play and in, in some of what we do but i think our intentions if your intentions are there in pure and um and uh you know based in i suppose love and and wanting to there's like a a, a positive intention there then that's really the biggest thing, the most important thing uh, when you're deciding, do I post this selfie of myself or not? Is it going to make somebody (laughs) smile happy? Like I love doing goofy self-promo videos that are just homemade. Oh my God. I love them. (laughs)
0: Everybody don't follow Christina Martin on Instagram. Those are amazing. They're sweet. But
1: they're fun. They're fun to do. And it is a form of self-expression. And we talk about when I read all the books I've read about creative writing and basically say, and you know, I, I like this idea that we need more stories like the, you know, the stories have healing power. I'm saying all the cliches, but it's true. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, yeah. so find your routine, make your routine and, and, and it might take some time, but, uh, you'll get there. And, and I think the, the payoff it's it's short term and long term like it you some days some weeks you're like when is it going to turn for me like and then it does and i think your practice has a lot to do with that as you 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 already you already know this like you're living it living the the dream
0: uh, well and then i you know i'm sure you could speak to this as well like you know i do what i love and it's still hard mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> No one said no. it'd be easy and no.
1: I don't think I mean from what I've experienced it's not supposed to be you it's hard, 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 hard and then you get like maybe a day or a week of of, of oh my goodness, thank thank goodness yeah. like wow and uh it's I enjoyed the work even though it was hard, but now it just okay and then it's that feeling's gone again, but you you have over time these little these moments. To, to go back and remind yourself. Remember when that happened? Well, it was because I, I did the thing that I felt I was supposed to do. And then you have more faith that, okay, it's going to work out. I just need to stick to this. And if it's really not working for you, you got to shake things up and go for a walk. Plant a tree. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> plant a tree. I love it. Yeah. And uh, before I go into the rapid fire, I want to new I mean, I, does writing songs ground you? Or like, do you have? So I love asking this to women, like what they do to ground themselves, you know, body, mind. Yeah. soul. like, is, th- is there something you do every day or what's kind of like your go-to to just like come back to earth? I mean, planting yeah. trees sounds like it'd be very <laughs> grounding. It's grounding. <laughs> of course, it has to be the right season. But
1: um, yeah, well, I've gotten into the the practice. And again, I... I sometimes skip, but I really try to do um, some meditation first thing in the morning, not just 20 minutes. And then I try to do my writing. And I also singing at some point in the day or every couple of days or rehearsing. Um, that's Those are the things that I think if I've done those things and taken care of my my work, like my business stuff, I feel, okay, job's well done. And I've, I mean, actually, maybe I'm too, doing too much here. Uh, like, but for me, it's a kind of a long list. It's like, have I exercised? Cause that grounds mm-hmm. me. Have I meditated? Have I written? Have I sang at all? Have I, you know, tried a new song, worked, chipped away at a new song and then taken care of my business responsibilities. So is, mm-hmm. I don't know if that list is too long. It's, you know, I do take.
0: But that works, but that works for you, right? That so.
1: makes me feel like yeah. I've done my job and it's, When I say that, like it's brought me, it makes me feel like, like my work has purpose and meaning. So I feel Mm. like I lived a meaningful day and, but mixed in with that, right? There's also like, have I connected with a friend? Have I celebrated a friend on my social media? Mm. Like it's more complicated, but uh, more involved, I suppose. But I think the meditation, practicing prayer, and again, I'm saying this as a non-religious person um, and uh, for me writing and having time for those is really yeah that and, and if I don't I feel wild and out of outside yeah. myself it's not you know it's not comforting.
0: and yeah and to go back to the artist way like I think like that book was given to me by a voice teacher because I don't know if you noticed know I, I went to theater school like 20 years ago The same, thing she gave me that book wow. you know in 1999 and hey, that's when I like, got the book what? That's when I got the book, 1999. No yeah. yeah, you and it's me. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was the first. I my mind was blown because it was the first time somebody had said like your writing practice, your writing songs, your paintings, your the, you know, yeah. your it's a spiritual act. Like it's spiritual to do that. And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. What do you yeah. I was like, yeah. And I think once you get that, it's like you know sure there's like traditional med station like the sitting practice of it but mm-hmm. um you know writing a song can be as or writing just in general you know can be as have that contemplative kind mm-hmm. of element to it you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. that's so wild yeah. that we both started the, pa- the artist's way in 1999
0: here we are do, 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 do. we have so much in common <laughs> Um, and also, a side note too, like, I feel like the community, you know, listening to this, like, whilst I think Christina and I have made careers out of our art, like, I don't think that's a prerequisite, you know, like, I feel a yeah, lot no. of people, like, that maybe stops people from you know, making art, it's like, there needs to be like, Oh, do I need, I need to be published or yeah. I need to be, and I'm, I'm just like, no, no, no,
1: no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. And it can be for your family or if you don't, you know, if you may, it can be just for you. It could be for your yeah. kids. It can be for your community. It can. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know about myself and I, I get this from my, my father probably, but I mean, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart as well and find yeah. creative outlets within my business and 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 um very I was for years and I guess it's still um you know hungry to make it work because I don't want to do I didn't I worked other jobs I enjoyed them when but I'm I'm an all in one person uh, you know 100% I want to yeah. give and I didn't have anything for my art at the end of the day when I worked other jobs and that made me unhappy and so I decided what if I put 100% into this into my music career, I just curious, you know, and then I got good at, you know, and uh, look, finding out where there were opportunities for funding. And, and then I got obsessed with working with other creators. Cause that's also the fun thing about what we do is working with people in the industry, designers, you know, um, uh, publicists and other musicians. And the, I mean, the, the list is endless of collaborations you can have and, and, uh, so, yeah, but it doesn't have to be a full time gig. No. It could be just baby steps. That's what it was for yeah. all of us.
0: Exactly. Oh, I love talking to you so much. Okay, I have a <laughs> few like rapid fire questions to end our conversation with. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'll try to be rapid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Favorite mantra.
1: Om um, Gham Ganapataye Namaha
0: that's a good one. A favorite one. flower. Don't I
1: don't have one. I don't have any favorite flower. None.
0: That's fair. That's fair. How about a favorite book? Well, I think I know which one. I'm just going to say the artist's way.
1: But I recently, Jeff Tweedy's book for songwriters, uh, write uh, how to write one song, is really great as well.
0: Cool. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll make sure to put that on. Um, yeah. How about, are you like a podcast listener? Do you listen to podcasts?
1: Ah uh, yes, I do. Uh, well, uh, Ear Hustle is one that I was recently turned on to as I'm working on developing a podcast shh, for maybe next year. Oh, I hate to commit, but um, but somebody uh, turned me on to Ear Hustle. Life it's about life in in prison, and it's very well produced. I love, I love the um, uh, just the format for that one. Yeah.
0: Cool. I'll have to check it out. I haven't heard of that one. Um, mm-hmm. And how about just a favorite treat? I mean, it can be food, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. Oh,
1: it doesn't have to be food. Well, okay. But I, I, <laughs> I
0: will, I'll say food.
1: Edamame at night with salt and um, earth balance. Uh,
0: and, or, I mean, last night I had just plain potato chips. Yeah. Yum. Chips going to basics. Yum. Yeah. I want to know, and the last question i don't want to leave you i don't want to keep you don't ever have to leave me well i'll come back i'll
1: come back whatever you want to talk about if i if i do a podcast i'll have you on mine and then we'll just keep making podcasts so that we can keep talking to each other we'll just and do we that could go, <laughs> we could go for a walk sometime well you know. Good. Uh, um
0: my last question it, cha- it has changed over the years but um uh, since the whole, you know, since the pandemic, I guess since I've been back on the plane with you mm-hmm. on our, our last plane ride, where, where, where we don't know when our next plane ride is going to be ever. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, but mm. I want, like, it made me think of, it's almost like, you know, the past months, it's all, I felt, I don't know if you felt like that, but it's like almost a new world that we're creating for like women and for, I don't know, I, like, for humankind in, like, general. Um, and I want to know, I'm and the last question I'm asking now, it's, like, what do you wish for, you know, women to know about what we've talked about, like, about this transformative, you know, power of art and about this new world in a way that we're creating?
1: I think we all have to have, you know, faith in the unknown and uh, faith in the power that um dedicating to you know to art to yourself time to yourself um the power that that has to heal and to empower you in the short and the long term that that, that has i think mm-hmm. that with all so many unknowns i mean if you know if you can control one thing it's maybe how you spend parts of your day and how you react mm. to what you are witnessing or hearing, you know, if it's too much, turn it off. And, you know, the power to share your story, find out what that is, explore, um, find something that brings you joy. I just, I feel, I believe in that the power of the resonance of that and, and the people around you, but first it comes you know, from you if you're happy and healthy mm. And that's going to resonate in your family and friends. So I guess I mean, this is a lot of things, but just kind of we all have an opportunity to set an example and take care of ourselves first and foremost. And But the art has the power to heal and heal outside of ourselves, other people, um, in the short and long term, I think. I Amen.
0: Know. Yeah. Boom. Amen. Every time you open your mouth, I'm like a big like full body exile. And it's a bundle of <laughs> cliches. Here's the mic drop. <laughs> I love it. And I love you, miss. I want you to come back and I um, am just tell us everything that's happening for Christmas. I want people to buy everything.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) only if you can now.
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, it's funny, I guess I, I don't like to push people shopping, but it, you know, I, of course I, I do encourage if you can and you, and you, you know, um, and you are looking for music, um, uh, lots of my friends were all on band camp. That's a great place to buy music. And then supporting artists on Patreon. A lot of my dear friends around the world, musicians, artists um, are on Patreon. And that's another way you can support artists. I'm on there. Um, you can support monthly or yearly. Um, and that's great. And, and I mean, I have a, a new Christmas single out this year. It's my third year in a row. We've put out an original song. This one's called kisses for Christmas. And we have a, we have a December 13th online virtual holiday event that I'm, I'm hoping goes well. It's I I don't know why I said it like that. I'm, I'm excited. I love these online events when, when they're happening, but they, they really scare the shit out of me. Like I'm always like, is the internet going to work? Um, are people going to have technical problems? But you know what, when we do it and we try, you know, we, we always have a blast. So that's December 13th and, um, and everything people can find everything uh, on my website christinamartin.net. And but thank you so much, Estelle. You're an inspiration, and I I'm just so in awe of you. I love your energy, and I'm happy to hang out, talk anytime, anytime you want. I feel like you've you're just great to be around. And, and, oh, it's such
0: a feedback loop. I feel the same about you. Yeah. even in this, even just
1: like staring at a computer right now, watching your <laughs> the wavelength of your voice is very comforting. So
0: uh, anytime, anytime. So all let's all go to Christina martin dot com. That's your website, yes? Oh, dot net, but that's okay. You can go to dot com. Yeah. I think dot com would be good too. That's
1: a comedian in the UK. <laughs>
0: Christina, come back anytime. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Ciao. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.